Thanks, Jen. It's just fabulous to be able to get together, as Jen said. Like, after Christmas, we've been focused on Jesus and his birth, and now we are together again to celebrate. And you know, I was just all ready to come this morning, and I just felt God give me a little prompt. And he said he wanted me to read something out to you. And it's obviously important, because if God says it, it's important. And it's a, uh, a scripture that you'll be familiar with. It's something that Jesus said when he took, I guess, the pulpit in the synagogue when he first came into his ministry. This is what God has for you and in maybe in particular someone today. It was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden and to proclaim the favourable year of the Lord. And I was thinking about it just, you know, as we were worshipping and thinking that, yes, we are proclaiming the favourable year of the Lord. A new year is coming. And let's say it will be the Lord's year. It will be a favourable year for next year, for 2022. Okay, now I have to juggle a few things here. Like I don't know how Pastor Peter does it, but he will. All right, let's just... Uh, come before the Lord in prayer first of all. Thank you, mighty Father, that you are here with us in this place today, that you have appointed each one person, each person here to come today, Lord, to hear your word. And as that word goes out, Lord, I just pray that it will touch people's hearts, that it will give people an, a new understanding of just who you are. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you did everything for us by going to the cross, Lord. You took away our sin and you made it possible for us to be free and live a life that's acceptable to the Father. As I speak today, I just pray that each word will be anointed and that it will touch hearts and go forth and bring forth fruit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Alrighty, well, we've just spent time focusing on the birth of Jesus. And our thoughts are probably still filled with the images of that beautiful little baby lying in the manger, adored by a few random shepherds and a group of wandering Persian nobles who'd recognised just who that baby really was. You know, the shepherds had been enlightened by a group of angels. One of the angels proclaimed to these shepherds, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a saviour who is Christ the Lord. That's in Luke 2, 10 and 11. You know, if you look at that statement, and it's a bit hard for me to look at it, so you're going to look at it behind me, you can maybe see what really stirred up the shepherds to abandon their sheep and head off to Bethlehem. You know, a sky filled with glorious otherworldly beings would have been pretty impressive. But I believe it was the combination of two names that sent the shepherds in a rush to Bethlehem. The angel announced that the baby was born to be their saviour, a really important word, a word that meant deliverer 
to a people who were under the oppressive yoke of the Roman Empire. This was a long-cherished hope. They wanted to be delivered from all of those people that ruled over them. The other phrase that the angel used was Christ the Lord. Now that would have grabbed the attention of any God-fearing Jew because Christ translates as the Messiah or the Anointed One. And by adding Lord after it, it meant that the Anointed One was supreme in authority and in fact, God of all people. Small wonder that the shepherds raced off to see the baby. His birth had been foretold in prophecy for hundreds if not thousands of years before. So what I want to do today is to take a quick look at the names that are used to describe Jesus in the scriptures. I want to ask, in fact I'd like each of you to ask yourself the question, who is Jesus to me today? Just as the shepherds and the wise men realised the baby was their long promised saviour and Lord, can you also say, Yes, I know that Jesus is my saviour right here and right now. So let's go back to a prophecy that Jen's already brought to us this morning. She's already picked half of my best verses. Okay, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. To the ancient Hebrews, they'd longed for a mighty king to subdue all of their enemies and to give them peace to worship their, their God. And those words represented incredible hope. They would have expected immediate fulfilment of that in the form of a powerful king like David appearing. But that prophecy wasn't fulfilled for another 700 odd years. You know, that verse is a beautiful description of God's promised gift to our world. But it's more than just a description. Those names describe aspects of the character of the promised Messiah. Just look at the words. Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. When Jesus came to the earth, he ticked all of the boxes. So now, can you look at the words and use them to describe your relationship with Jesus? Is he your counsellor in all of your decision making? Do you run it past him before you make major decisions in your life? Do you acknowledge his overlordship in your life, in all things? Is he your loving father who guides you and leads you in all of your ways? And does walking in his paths give you that incredible sense of peace that only he brings? Sometimes it's really easy to acknowledge, oh yes, Jesus is my Lord, when the things are going well but it's a bit harder to see and accept his counsel and his fatherly advice when things get a bit tough. However, he is still the mighty God, the everlasting father, and he knows best. You know, another prophecy from Isaiah tells us something similar. 
Again, this was one that Jen brought to us. In uh, Isaiah 7:14, he said, Behold a virgin, therefore the mortal will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Now, that was the verse that Isaiah brought. But when the angel spoke to Joseph, he added something else. Onto Emmanuel, he added God with us. He just didn't leave it at the name. He gave the meaning. That's a reassurance that no matter what happens now or in the future, God is there with you. I'm sure that Joseph valued those words in the coming months as he fled with his family to Egypt to escape those who wanted to kill his baby son. For us, knowing that God is with us 24-7, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, is incredibly comforting and strengthening. God is with us. So this is something to say regularly and personalise it and believe it. All circumstances, God is with me. If you don't take anything else away, take that away with you today. God is with me, no matter what else is happening in the world. In John 6.35, we have a strong statement from Jesus about the way he is our daily provision. Jesus said to him, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. Now that speaks of both physical and spiritual provision. The key here is the second part of the statement. He who comes to me and he who believes in me. God's provision hinges on first coming to him and then believing that he is Lord no matter what the circumstances might be. So on our daily checklist is another belief statement. Jesus, I believe that you will supply all my needs according to your riches in glory. He is our number one provider. He also provides a really simple way of accessing his provision. Jesus said, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, He'll be saved and he'll go in and out and he will find pasture. And to me, this paints a gorgeous picture of animals heading into a place of lush grass and flowing water. Just as animals' needs are met perfectly, so will our needs be if we trust in God as our provider. Another, way, another name that Jesus used, I am the way the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is an absolute statement. You know, there's no way to access God except through Jesus. There are so many ways people try to find God. Buddhism, Hinduism, New Age, spiritualism, all sorts of things, they try but only Jesus is the way, the only way to God. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus the Son. And of course, Jesus is truth and life to all those who trust in him. We're also under Jesus' protection. He likens us to sheep and he declares that he is the shepherd, the good shepherd. I've come 
that they might have life and have it more abundantly, he said. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And you know, Jesus did just that. He laid his life down for each one of us. He's our protector when anything threatens us. Just as a shepherd would drive away any animal that threatened his flock, so Jesus gave us what we need to stay protected from any attack. Check out Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18 and read about the armour of God. We are fully protected for both defence and attack as well. The book of John is absolutely chock-a-block full of statements that Jesus made, declaring just who he is to us today. Here's another one. Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Sometimes it seems as if darkness presses all around us from all sides. Our society has a major problem with depression, with negativity. But Jesus is the light of our world. If you've given your life to him, then his light will always cause the darkness to flee. But you've got to look at him and not the darkness. Just like you light a candle in a dark room and the darkness just pulls away from it. You must speak out the positivity of his word. You don't describe the problem or your circumstances. This applies across everything. Bad medical reports, financial problems, relationship problems. Anything that threatens to grab your attention and diminish your faith. Light always banishes darkness, even if it's as small as a candle flame. And Jesus has promised that those who follow him will not ever walk in darkness. So let's walk in faith and trust Jesus because he is the author and protector, perfecter sorry, of our faith. He gave it to us in the first place and his word tells us that he will perfect it. In Hebrews 12.2, he tells us, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In the original Greek, the words fix your eyes actually means, translates as, look away from anything else. Okay? So very much fix your eyes just on Jesus. Don't look at all the other stuff, no matter how pressing it may seem to be. That's great advice, because if you don't look at the problem, it cannot overwhelm you. It takes courage and trust in our Lord. But you know, like everything else, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Make it a daily routine. Lots of little daily things you can do to speak out your faith using the word. Remember, Jesus was the word made flesh. Settle that in your heart and in your mind that Jesus is the living word of God. Then read his words and speak them out confidently over any situation that you come into and keep on doing it. So then, 
Who is Jesus to you? Is he the perfecter of your faith? Is he your good shepherd, your bread of life, your light in the darkness? Is he your counsellor, your prince of peace, the mighty God, everlasting father? You know, names are really important things. They confirm our identity. They proclaim who we are to the world. And there is no greater name in the world than the name of Jesus. Paul says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Those in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, when the angel visited Mary, she was told to name her son Jesus. She, she was told that he would be called Great and be called the Son of the Most High. That's in Luke 1, 31, 32. And she knew that her child was going to be the Son of God from that message but the message that Joseph got was slightly different. Again, he too was told that he would name the child Jesus, but he was given some extra information. What he was told was that Jesus would save his people from their sins. The barrier between God and humankind would finally come down because of who Jesus was and what he did. As the Son of God, and the Son of Man, he alone could save people from their sin and its consequences and restore them to right relationship with God. But to do this, he had to take upon himself the sins of the world and lay down his life. On the cross, Jesus became our saviour and our redeemer. He deliberately took all of our evil upon himself and he died a horrific death so that we could live free as sons and daughters of the living God. He conquered death and rose again, proving that he truly was the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in him will live beyond death with him in glory. So today we're coming together to share communion again. But I want you to look again at who Jesus is in your life. It is a great opportunity during communion to rededicate your life to him. As you take up the symbols of bread and grape juice, you know how much he gave up for you. And you know, if he's not the Lord of your life, if you don't know Jesus, then today could just be a totally new beginning for you. During our last song, which we'll sing after communion, please come up. And we'd love to pray with you and introduce you to our Saviour. One of the verses from, one of the lines from, your, um, from the first song really stuck in my head this morning. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon the cross. Have that going through your head as you come up now and grab the symbols of his death for us.
Okay, please be standing. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. What he did on the cross carries on far beyond that one single act. As you think about what you're doing today, just open your heart to Jesus. You know, his name is above every name. And at that name, every knee will bow. At the very first communion, when Jesus was sharing the Last Supper with his disciples, he took some bread and he blessed it. And then he said, Take and eat, for this is my body. We know that body was broken for us. As we take the bread together this morning, just be aware that all of the things that happened to Jesus happened for us, for you, for me. Thank you, Lord. Let's take the bread together. And then he took the cup and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I think, you know, when you think of blood pouring out, the wounds are grievous. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He died for each one of us. Let's drink together. Thank you, Lord. We will probably never really know what you went through, Lord. But Father, I just pray as we've taken communion together and as we've thought about all of the things that you are to each one of us, Lord, that our hearts will just open up to you like a flower. Lord, I just pray that there'll be a new understanding of who you are to each one of us in this room today. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us to this place to be in your presence today. I just pray that as we move into the new week that's coming and eventually into the new year, Lord, that you will be so close to us that we will know your guidance, that we will know your leading in every area of our life. And I just pray, Lord, that you will prompt through your mighty Holy Spirit each person here today so that they know what they need to, know, to ask of you, Lord, what they need to focus on for them to be walking totally with you in your will. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for the mighty gift of giving up your life for each one of us so that we can live for eternity with you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.